One in five teenagers lacks a basic foundation in financial literacy. 46% of teens don't know what a 401k is. 32% of teenagers can't identify the difference between a credit card and a debit card. And why am I telling you all this? Well, Americans on average pay $577 in late fees, overdrafts, or fraud-related charges. Four out of five parents wish they learned more about money as a kid. And yet, 59% of parents are uncomfortable talking to kids about money. Good day and welcome to the Save Like Dave podcast, where we are on a mission to help you save and win with your money on almost any income level. Dave retired at 55, traveled the world, and lived abundantly, all while making well under $50,000 a year his entire career. Now it's your turn. Let's take your financial dreams to the next level. On today's episode, Dave is going to share a little bit about how you can become financially literate. Again, that's the main motivation of this podcast, Save Like Dave. But Dave's going to share a little bit of his personal experience and tell you how you can go out and become financial literate. Welcome once again. This is Dave, and thanks for joining me. Yeah, th- those statistics that uh, Nate just read are actually pretty staggering. The people that just don't have the knowledge. And I know for some of you, it just you don't really care. It doesn't interest you. But my goal here is to get you to at least start just to learn the basics. And that's what I'm going to do today. So let me just share a story. When I was about 24, I had been out of college and working full-time for two years. And being the good saver that I am, I had a bit of cash saved up. And it was doing nothing in my savings account. I was living very frugally in Albany, Oregon. It's a nice enough little town. It's family-friendly. It's a very small town south of Portland, Oregon. It was a great environment for me because there was not a lot of places to spend my money at that point. And I had saved about $10,000 in those two years. Now, we were paid weekly. And at that point, I saved about $100 a week. So at that point, when I had that much money in the bank, I decided I needed to go the next step with my financial life and become more educated about money. And again, at this point, I was a good saver, but I really didn't understand how the stock market worked or any kind of the financial terms that I'm going to try to discuss briefly with you today. Now, remember, I am old school and I read books on the subject of personal finance. Also, I didn't buy the books, I borrowed them. There's no need to buy books even today unless you really want to because every library in America has more books on the subject than you would ever need. And now it's so much easier too with online. You can pull the books up online, you can listen to them, or you can order them online and just pick them up at the library. It's just, internet is crazy how it's affected and made it more simple to do everyday tasks. So you can still do it that way. However, with the internet, there's exponentially more information available to you to become educated on money than I had reading books. Today, I'm going to discuss some financial words that you may have heard, but really didn't get. Do you know what I mean by that? It just your eyes glaze over. I just, I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. It's basically, yeah, you've heard it before, but you know, maybe it hasn't really sunk in where you're actually doing something about it. Yeah. One little example is budgeting. Oh yeah. I've heard somebody talk about budgeting. Well, what does that really look like to me personally? 
That's one example, okay? And we'll talk about that in just a second. First, do you understand the basics of finance? See how you do with the following subjects. All right, you ready for this? What is budgeting? The word I just shared. Well, most Americans live paycheck to paycheck, and it's largely because of a gap between what the math says they can afford and what they actually spend. Financial literacy can make it make people habitual budgeters who are willing to save for their goals and delay gratification to have peace of mind today and in the future. That's the basics of budgeting. You basically look at the money you have coming in, your paycheck or paychecks if you're married, say, and then you write down your expenses and figure out, you know, with the money coming in, can you live on your income, less your expenses, and still maybe have some money at the end of the month? That's budgeting, okay? Yeah, so just a simple way of making sure that you're not spending more than the amount of money that's coming in and then also having an awareness of where it's going because you've set aside money for your internet service, for your phone service, for eating out, all those entertainment. You have it all budgeted. That's right. And uh, Dave Ramsey calls it every dollar. You know, he, he wants you to know where every dollar goes And once you become a regular budgeter and you do it every month, it just starts to discipline you on, you know, where you put your money. If you find you're spending too much money eating out and you don't have enough money for the the gas for your vehicle, then, you know, you got to make some adjustments. But that's what budgeting will help you with. Okay, what about the term emergencies? You know, from a financial standpoint, where do you stand with emergencies? Well, get this. Only 44% of Americans would be able to cover a $1,000 emergency today. So you think about that. A half, more than half, couldn't cover a $1,000 bill without, say, putting it on a credit card. Yeah, that's pretty scary to think, honestly, because as we all know, things come up. You know, I recently had my air conditioner went out and that was multiple, multiple thousands of dollars, unfortunately, to fix at our house. And, And of course, there's always things that come up, whether it be a car accident or a health emergency or something, you know, family emergency. So that's pretty scary to think that half of the U.S. population couldn't cover, you know, in a thousand dollar emergency. Right. And to me, I just call that life happens, right? It just life happens. And, you know, Nate had a big expense recently, as he just mentioned, but sometimes it's just a simple thing as four tires for your car. Get this, 40% of Americans today wouldn't be able to cover a $400 emergency. So that's my example that I always share with people when I see them. You know, what if you had to put on four new tires on your car and you had not saved up for it? Well, what happens is that 40% of people, they put it on their credit card because they think that's the only way to do it. And of that 40%, half do not pay their credit cards off in full at the end of the month. So now instead of that $400 bill for your four tires or 500 or 600, whatever that is, they're paying 400 plus 17% interest on that money that you've now owe the credit card issuer. So it's it's not cool. You've got to figure out how to solve that. And by having an emergency fund, that's going to go a long way towards getting you out of that trap. You know, that's sadly, that's where a lot of these credit card companies make all their money is you buy something for $400, but after all the fees could be, you know, $500, $600. So suddenly what you bought on sale for $400 was actually twice the price maybe, or, you know, 30% higher than you expect it to be when you factor in all the, the fees you're paying for your credit card. 
That's right. Yeah, that's a good example. And I'd say you know, maybe a, a good round number would be 30% more if you just pay that credit card bill over time. It's just, it's a losing proposition. All right. Have you heard the term debt before? I'm sure you have. But debt is, it's a big problem in America. Um, and in addition to the mortgages, which amount to nearly $9 trillion of our debt nationwide, Americans are also burdened with auto loans, credit cards, and student loans as just a, a small example. The Federal Reserve said in 2018, the total consumer debt in the United States had reached $3.95 trillion. That impact has an incredible imprint on our lives. You know, if you're carrying a large amount of debt, say like you have a college loan that you're paying off monthly and you have a car loan that you're paying off monthly, just those two things can really significantly affect how much money you have at the end of every month for your use for food and for fun and just living life. So uh, debt is a incredible negative that if you don't understand it and you don't get out of that, you're going to suffer your entire life. And unfortunately, there's a large percentage of Americans that do that even today. All right. So I just gave you three words that you should have a basic understanding of. So how financially literate are you? To help you decide whether you should include yourself among the financially literate, think through the following questions. Are you currently debt-free? Are you taking active steps to reduce your debt? Do you know how to create a monthly budget that includes all the basic expenses, like Nate just mentioned, your bills, any debts, and any sinking funds for future purchases? Do you have an emergency fund in place that would allow you to get through that sudden, unexpected life event without borrowing money? Do you understand how compound interest allows invested money to grow over time? Do you know the various kinds of insurance needed to protect your finances and investments? And do you understand the difference between an investment and insurance? So, do you understand any of those? Hopefully you do. Hopefully most of them you said, yes, yeah, I understand that. But if you don't, it's time to learn about those subjects. And there's lots of places you can do that. But the first thing I'm going to suggest you do is begin with an emergency fund. And Dave Ramsey talks about this. And he suggests, you got to start somewhere, right? And he suggests to save up for a $1,000 emergency fund. And honestly, that's not going to cover you on a lot of things, a lot of the bigger things like Nate went through, but it's a good start. And it'll get you through that, that tough bill, the, uh, the water heater that goes out or the tires that I mentioned or an unexpected expense, a medical bill or whatever that uh, you weren't prepared for. If you can take it out of that emergency fund, then your monthly budget will stay intact. And then over time, you build that emergency fund up again. The other thing, you know, we talked about was debt. To get rid of debt, you got to start listing your debts from smallest to largest. And then as Dave Ramsey says, use the debt snowball method to pay them off. And what that means is you would start with the smallest debt and pay that off first, and then take that extra money that you have that you didn't have to pay for that smaller debt and double it up and pay it against the next debt and so on and so forth until you're out of debt. And sometimes um, you may be paying off a debt that is lower than the bigger debt that has a higher interest rate. But what it does is psychologically, it gets you excited because you have one less debt to pay every month. And so pay that first debt off first. It's off your plate and then attack the next one and then attack the next one. 
You want to get that win early on, there you right? Go. That's right. Get a win. It, it feels good and it gets you more motivated to go to the next. All right. So once you start the beginner's emergency fund, and then once you get out of debt, finish your emergency fund. And what I mean by that is that you start to get saving and don't stop saving until you have three to six months of your monthly expenses. So what that means is once you get, say, three months to six months in another, you know, like a savings account, if you did lose your job or one of your your spouse did, you have a good bank of money to protect you to pay those bills for the next three to six months while that person gets a job. And then the next one I want to talk about is to invest 15% of your income towards retirement. Now, probably sounds like a big number to many of you, but start small if you have to. Start at 5%, 6%, 8%, 10 and then over time, increase it to 15%. And uh, that's going to go a long way towards having a fantastic retirement. Once you get out of debt, another thing you want to do is save for college for if you have children. Another thing that you could focus on is paying off your mortgage early. That's usually the biggest expense of any family. Not always. You know, if you have your own business or whatever, you may have debt for that too. But for most people, that is the biggest debt. And if you can pay that off early, it changes your life. I'm telling you. Dave Ramsey suggests to always get a 15-year mortgage, not a 30-year. Um, you can get a 20-year if you want, or 25. They do have those, so just the banks don't really promote those. They like the longer ones because they make more money. They make it from longer interest payments going from you to the uh, purchaser, and that's why they like those 30-year mortgages. And once you do all that, then you can go crazy, and you can re you're really going to build a lot of wealth because you don't have any monthly debt. You don't have a house payment and you can save like crazy and then you can give like crazy. It's amazing to think, you know, if you were putting your money towards a mortgage payment or your rent, if you're not, if you don't have a home, right? how much money that frees up for you to invest and save and put towards other things. Yeah. Think about it. It's unbelievable. Just look at what your, look at your budget right now. If you didn't have those numbers, what would you do? I bet you'd be pretty excited, wouldn't you? Well, I just talked about a few terms. I know I said how I wanted to see how financially literate you were. And I hope that, you know, from hearing some of those terms, budgeting and expenses and those kind of names, emergency fund, compound interest, maybe it made a little more sense. And maybe you said, boy, I need to learn more. So there is options that way that you can. And how do you get that knowledge, right? Well, as I shared earlier, there are many, many ways to improve your knowledge. And there is a lot more financial terms that you're going to find as you study. But here are just a few ways that you can improve on your understanding of financial terms. Books, of course. Uh, you can get books at uh, Barnes & Noble or online or you know your local bookstore. The internet, probably that is the best way right now is to get your information on the internet. It's just literally millions of sites that you can learn more by just drilling down and studying personal finance. Um, here's one that uh, may have escaped you a little bit, but there's a website called Meetup. And I joined that when I lived in California. I was uh, out in a part of the country that I didn't know too many people. And so I did a, a hiking meetup. And what that did was uh, once I, I met this group and they, they met oh, about five miles from my house. And every Monday night, we'd meet at six o'clock and we'd hike up this, uh, I wouldn't say it's a mountain, but it was a pretty good sized hill. It would take us a half hour up. We'd stop at the top, had a good, beautiful view of the city below where I lived, and then we'd hike down. And the fun part for me was we exercised, of course, but we walked with other people. And every week we met different people 
And uh, it was fun getting to know these other people that were like-minded. Well, in that same vein, meetups have pretty much any interest that you have. Maybe you want to dance and you want to be a line dancer or you want to um, learn Spanish. You want to talk to another group about travel. You know, there's literally hundreds of different options on meetups. And one of them is on finance. And you could meet with a local group, talk about money and say, you know, hey, I need help. And they'll help you. Family members, you might have some in your network, an uncle and aunt, a, a mom or dad that really gets it. They really understand finance. And boy, I'll tell you, that's probably no better way because they're somebody you can trust and to teach you the basics of finance. Mentors, maybe somebody you work with that he's or she is sharper than a tack when it talks about money. You know, take them to lunch once in a while and listen to what they have to say. Ask them questions about finance. In the end, though, it's up to you to become educated in finance. I know you're interested, so now is the time to take action. And that's a question we want to leave with you. Do you feel that you're financially literate? And if you aren't, or if you feel that, my guess is, maybe you, you have a couple things you want to work on or learn, or Dave, he explained a various different financial terms, how much of those did you understand? And so not only through this podcast, but Dave recommended a lot of other sources for you to go and to gain more and more knowledge as to how to be more financial literate and to better prepare for your future. And I got a question for you, Dave. What was it when you were younger? Because it doesn't seem like a very normal thing. What was it for you to get so excited and interested in financial literacy? Uh, That's a good question, Nate. Um, It might be just the way I'm wired. I have always been a note taker my whole life. You know, I'm a planner. I think through things. And, I, and I've mentioned once before that I'll have my list of things to do, my A list, my B list, and my C list, and a little box to the left of everything I need to get done that day or that week. And so I enjoy getting things accomplished and then marking it off as done. And I think to some degree, it's related to me how I save. I like goal setting and seeing things accomplished. And so when I became a saver as a little boy, 10 or 11 years old, whatever that was, and saved through high school, I I enjoyed seeing the amount of money I had every month and every year. It was kind of like, just check it off. I did it. I was able to get to that next step. And so I think that's what it was for me. It was just the way I was wired because I didn't have anybody in my family that I know of that was a regular saver that looked at money the way that I did. Okay. Interesting. So it was just kind of it had to do with your personality a little bit. I think so. And I, I'll tell you, that's a really good question you asked me, Nate, because I do know from talking to enough people, probably half the people are like me that way. They think that way, but there is a full 50%, maybe more, that this is really hard for them to just change their mindset to think about saving money as an example. So I'm trying to reach you guys, especially. And the way to succeed is to get help. And if you've been in, in the work world for a while and you're still struggling, you know, maybe a financial advisor would be the right person for you. Or maybe it is learning on your own and through some of the resources I've just talked about even today. Exactly. All right, great. Well, let's get to the three points of emphasis. All right. The first one is financial education is key for you to succeed with money. Start today. The second one is don't let some of these financial terms scare you. I know even budgeting, you know, a real basic word, it probably scares some of you because you have not done a budget. But if you can just study, 
read more about that particular subject if that's a challenge for you. It won't be so scary after you understand what you're trying to do with it. You're looking at your your income and your expenses, and you want to know where your money goes. You want to be in charge of your money, not let your money be in charge of you. And the last thing is, I'm here to help. Please contact me via savelikedave.com if you have any questions regarding money. There's no cost to you. I'm only here to help you succeed with your money. And lastly, I want you to take action. Make having a monthly budget and an emergency fund part of your normal vocabulary, and you will be one step closer to winning with money. So that wraps up today's episode. Just as I asked Dave where he got his interest and his drive to learn more about finance and money, a lot of it has to do with our parents and where we grew up. Yep. In some cases, it has to do with your personality. In other cases, your parents and your family. And on the next podcast, we will be discussing the relationship between parents and kids in regard to money. Do you think we are winning on that subject? Hmm, that's a good one. I hope it piques your interest because, you know, many of the people I'm talking to today are parents and you can have a profound effect on your children by just doing some simple things that I'll talk about. And I I do want to end with, you know, what Nate just said about, you know, me, I was just a natural saver, you know, God gifted me that. I don't know why, but he did. But some of you didn't have that training from a parent and I didn't actually. But if you can uh, kind of change the uh, trajectory of your family by becoming educated financially, you can change the trajectory of your children's finances as well. Yeah, it goes on from generation to generation. That's right. So let me end with a scripture. And today's scripture is Proverbs twelve fifteen. It says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. <laughs>